Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. Hello, and welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates. Today, I'm sitting down with Steve Cavanaugh. Steve, how are you doing? Good, RJ. What's happening, man? Not much, man. I'm uh, super excited to talk to you today. Uh, we recently met in Cleveland uh, at, a, at a mastermind for multifamily, and uh, I was blown away by kind of all the things that you're doing in real estate investing, so I'm super excited to share that with everybody. Uh, why don't you start off by kind of introducing yourself and telling everybody a little bit about what you do in real estate investing. Sure, man. Well, first of all, let me just say thank you for having me on the program. I, uh, I am humbled that you would have those words for me because I think what you're doing in this industry right now is just is just awesome. So I, I really, really like what you've got going. So thank you very much for the kind awesome. words there. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, <clears throat> yeah, my name is Steve Cavanaugh. I've been in the business for 14 years. Uh, my market that I do deals in is Southern Maryland, about 35 minutes south of Washington, D.C., on the western shore of the Chesapeake Bay. And uh, I live in West Palm Beach, Florida. I recently made a move down here full time. I've got a team in Maryland that uh, that does our projects up there. <clears throat> we primarily buy, fix, sell. So we are primarily rehabbers. We do a little bit of wholesaling here and there. But by and large, uh, my my biggest sources of deals are rehabs. And then, of course, I partner with students in the Southern Maryland area uh, on a unique uh, coaching program where we joint venture on a student's first three deals. And I've, I've had the privilege of coaching now 37 students over the past nine years that I've been doing that. Um, and we've we've got a deal volume with that to where we're somewhere approaching $70 million worth of real estate projects that we've sold uh, together. So um, that's primarily it. I do some hard money loans down in Southern Maryland, um, you know, things like that. Um, got, got some rental properties and stuff like that, but by and large, I, I'm a flipper, uh, that, that, and I am like the guy RJ that sits on the laptop on the beach. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, yeah. you're rehabbing in Southern Maryland, you're living in West Palm beach. I'm mm -hmm. assuming when you got started 14 years ago, though, you lived in Southern Maryland. I did. That's where I'm from. And okay. I still go back there. At, at this stage, I go back there for a couple of days every month. Um, this year, I won't make it back for, say, four months or so. Um, but that's by design, um, not on purpose. But you are correct. That's where I'm from, born and raised. So how long ago did you make the move from Maryland to West Palm Beach? Permanently was last July. So July okay. of 2017. However, we tested it two years prior uh, when we came down, um, that would have been the winter of 2015 into 2016, and we snowbirded January through April uh, here at the beach, and just to kind of get a feel for what it would be like to run that business remotely. Gotcha. So I'm assuming there was a lot of effort put into building a very strong team locally in Southern Maryland to enable you to make this move. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, you know, they, they say, who is it that says, you know, it's tough to do epic stuff without epic people. That right. is so damn true, man. That's so true. And, um, you know, just the people that I have invested in and that have invested in me uh, has been great. I'm a big believer in creating the right relationships. Uh, I, I value 
uh, people sticking around. You know, I value loyalty, and uh, you know, I've just I've created a nice little culture there. That's cool. So let's talk about that team real quick. What does that yeah. team look like? How many people, and what kind of positions are they in? Sure. So uh, directly that falls underneath me is going to be my operations manager. Her name's Emily. She does pretty much everything that you could do as far as uh, do it, developing scopes of work, um, interfacing with the contractors, cutting checks, paying bills. Um, uh, she does the bookkeeping. She kind of does it all there. She runs that uh, the fix and flip business there. Right. And then um, she also helps me out a little bit with the coaching stuff. But the coaching stuff is more or less on autopilot. That's that's not a big deal and don't really need a plugged in team member for that. Um, but she can be the eyes and ears and boots on the ground when and if that's needed for the coaching program. And then uh, as far as acquisitions, I do have an acquisition manager. And uh, he obviously he speaks with all the sellers. We get pre-screened leads when it comes in and stuff like that. And then he will call anything that looks promising and with equity. And you know he does the follow-ups on all that. Then he goes on the appointments and does all that stuff. Uh, you know, usually he's authorized to spend uh, a particular amount depending on what uh, house it is. And then uh, you know if he's unsure or whatever, then he comes back and we have a powwow and then we formally make an offer. So that's that's what the hardwired employees look like. Now, okay. branching out beyond that, we contract everything else out. So we have a realtor team that's dedicated for just me and my students. That is three real estate agents who are full time that service just me and my students. They don't do any outside deals for any anywhere else, typically. Um, and then uh, we have several uh, contracting crews that primarily focus on my deals or my students' deals. At any given time, we've probably got 15 rehabs going uh, on average. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I think we were up to around 17, just to give you an idea of the amount of hammers we got swinging. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to build that team? Um, <laughs> 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess a, a better way to phrase that question would be when it – when you started, was it just you? And then when did you expand to bringing people on? In, That's in, a great question. Yeah. Okay. I've always used real estate agents to sell. I think that uh, highest and best use of any investor's time is always finding deals. And, uh, right. you know, especially before you've put together your team, that's the highest and best use of your time. And even today, I think that's the highest and best use of my time. Um, so, you know, as far as selling, I hand it off to the brokerage. I believe that real estate agents are worth what they cost. And, you know, they 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 deflect a lot of the noise so that you can keep your head down and find deals. Right. Um, so I've always used a real estate agent. I've never really tried to sell properties myself. I have on occasion just because it's happened that way. But uh, by and large, outsource the realtor. That's the easiest first thing. And then um, Emily, she's been with me now for, I want to say, a little over four years so up until she came on board, I was doing everything. And then my acquisitions guy, I only recently brought him on this past year. Um, so, I mean, you know, I was a one-man band for a while there, outsourcing the contracting and the brokerage. Was Emily helping you with the acquisitions, or were you handling that yourself before the acquisitions hire? Um, she helped a little bit, but, it, you know, uh, nothing against her, but her personality and skill set is, is better at the right. execution and uh, the admin and stuff like that. And you, you know as well as I do, you really need somebody that's going to be real, uh, have that real kind of D or I personality that's going to be able to close these folks on the phone or in, yeah. the, in the field and stuff like that. So on these rehabs, 
since you're not there now, who's helping you manage the projects themselves? Is it just a great relationship with your contractors or is Emily kind of, does she go out and check on them or how does that work on the rehabs? Well, a little bit of both. Um, I have a sliding scale and I won't mention any names of contractors that I really, really trust and that I've worked for a very long time. Right. And then I have guys who have just started working for us. Uh, and as you know, contractors can be just a rotating, uh, you know, <laughs> Rolodex of people. So, for me, um, if I'm working with somebody that, that has walked the walk with me for a very long time, typically it's just like, okay, Steve, you want to do this one the same way we did last one? Yep. Okay, boom, then it's done. Um, and usually Emily is handling most of that. She handles all the costing and all that stuff. She develops a scope of work. She interfaces with the contractor, and she only pulls me in when there's a problem anymore. Right. Um, and uh, uh, now with the newer contractors and stuff like that, yes, they require more constant uh, babysitting. Uh, we have a case right now, for example, we have two home styles that are different than anything we've done in the past. They just happen to be different homes. One was a home that was actually built by the owner that we bought it from. So it's completely outside of the box, completely different, um, than most of your run of the mill, either ramblers or split foyers that it makes up 90% of what we do. Mm -hmm. And then we've got another one that's like a contemporary design. So for that, it requires a little bit more legwork to set that vision for what we want the end product to look like at the beginning. It's not as much of a systematized, okay, bam, we're right. going to do the same thing on this one like we did on the last ones, you know. So I'm glad you bring that up because that was that kind of leads me into my next question is let's talk about the properties that you're buying yourself. I, we'll get to the, the coaching and, and what you're doing with your students, mm -hmm. but the ones that mm -hmm. your company's taken down, do you have a specific buy box or are you kind of just out there buying whatever leads come across your plate? I tell you, I, I won't hold any secrets back on that as far as it, it, I'll buy anything if it's if it's the right price right. <laughs> for the most part. I mean, um, I, you know, I, I, I'll buy higher end stuff and I'll buy just just stuff that's just, you know, in the shooting gallery. <laughs> but right. it has to it has to make. It has to be at the right price. By and large, my entire career, I've used the 70% formula. That's you know not really a big secret, or that is my biggest secret, <laughs> depending right, right. on how you look at it. Uh, if it fits that formula, I'll take a look at it. Um, what's, what's unique about my market is it's kind of more of a rural area. So you don't have the... Um, you don't have the inventory like you do when you get into bigger cities where you drive down the street and every other house looks just like the other one. Um, so by its very nature... You're going to have stuff, you know, maybe one house is on three acres, the next house is on less than a quarter acre, um, you know, stuff like that. It's it's choppy in that way. So you really have to know the, the local market, um, you know, and so when deals come across my desk, that's where living in that area and being just growing up in that area. I just know it like the back of my hand. I mean, I, gotcha. I typically know what something's going on sell for. And, you know, one of the other big tips I can give your listeners is it, I keep my finger on the pulse of the market daily. I look at all the new listings in the three counties that we track and the due deals in every single day. So I know what's moving in all price ranges and I know what's happening in all price ranges every day. Right. And, you know, that just kind of gives you an idea of the amount of new listings. And if somebody were in an urban area, that would overwhelm them. It'd be way too many listings for them to look at. But for me, that's probably only 35 to 40 listings to very quickly scan through every morning. Gotcha. So you said you're like 40 minutes away from Washington, D.C.? Yeah, about 35 minutes south, yeah. So, see, like, you know, I've grown up in Dallas-Fort Worth my whole life. I don't know if you've ever been to Dallas-Fort Worth, but it is just a sprawling mm. metropolis. And so mm -hmm. 
when I have guests on and they talk about, you know, I'm, I'm 35, 40 minutes away <laughs> from a big city, mm-hmm. to me, I, that's like a, a drive between a couple of flips that we have going on here in DFW. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you talk about three counties. Mm-hmm. It, kind of talk about the population and the size of, like, the market that you're actually in. And, and do you ever go to Washington, D.C.? And, and if not, why not? So well, I'll answer that question first, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about the stats. So uh, the the market, um, well, I, I'll say I, the market in D.C. is completely different. It's right. completely different. And I know that you've gone into different markets all over the country. Uh, and what you'll probably find is that it takes a little while to get to know those different markets, right? I mean, yep. would you agree with that? I mean, you Absolutely. can't just kind of flip the switch overnight. And, and so... Um, if the getting's good at home, <laughs> then right. there's usually no real real need to go elsewhere and to find out. And that's one of the reasons why, since I've moved here to West Palm, everybody keeps asking me when I'm going to buy my first house in West Palm. <laughs> and I tell them as soon as everything in Maryland blows up because I've got a good thing going, you know. Right. Uh, I've, got, I've got it systematized and I can go to the beach, you know. Right. Um, the day I want to start a new job is the day I try to start it all over down here, you know. Uh, I don't need another job right now. So, um, so that's, that's my response to that. Um, within our market where we're at in Southern Maryland, mm-hmm. there is an hour drive. Essentially, we are right in the middle of any of the areas that we service. Now, for many years, I wrote down in my personal vision for my life that I wanted to, you know, really systematize the business and, and not so much systematize, but, um, I wanted to focus the business on only doing deals that were within 30 minutes of my front door. So that that allowed me to put even more constraints on what we were looking for. Um, the other thing that I'll tell you, too, and this may not be as obvious, is when you're dealing in one of these secondary markets like this, the the a lot of the people that are players and beating each other up over deals in the primary market are not looking out in the secondary markets. To them, it's to them, it's 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 JV. It's not varsity or whatever the case might be. Right. And that's perfectly fine. I'd rather them beat each other up to make ten grand on half a million in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, right. so, um, so that those are my reasons. Um, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome though. I mean, you're yeah. you're literally the first person that I've ever heard say that they kind of wrote down their their personal vision for themselves, and one of their goals <laughs> to. was to. To yeah. not have it flip further than 30 minutes away from their front doorstep. And, yeah. and I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of putting myself in my shoes right now. And, and I'm going, I, I don't have one flip going on that's less than 30 minutes away from my front doorstep. So that's mm-hmm. kind of uh, inspiring to me to kind of break that down and, and truly uh, kind of put down and, and see if you can make your business really focus on a certain area and and then just be the main player in that certain area so that's a that's pretty inspiring so yeah let's talk about kind of volume levels you know how many you said i think earlier you got 17 going on right now is that right yeah yeah um and i will just i want to just append what you just said there and we'll get into the volume yeah. stuff in a second if you don't mind um I believe it's so, so, so crucial to have a vision for your life before you really ramp up the business. Because to me, I'm a lifestyle business guy. I'm not a systematize everything and sell to a REIT you know, kind of guy. Um, there's nothing wrong with that approach. I just happen to be a lifestyle entrepreneur. 
So what my goal is, is to build a business that serves the life that I want to live. Because what happens a lot, you see these people, RJ, you see them, they build the business first. And now their life becomes a slave to the business until they die. Yep. So their marriage falls apart. Their, you know, their kids don't know who they are. All these things to me are a travesty. So what I think one really needs to do is spend a lot of time just sitting down and thinking about what do they want in all these areas of their lives? What do they need? What's their spiritual needs? What, what do they need for their family? What do they need for personal gratification, hobbies, health, no regrets? What, what, what would you do if you, if you had a bucket list, you know, friends, charitable? Right. You know, what do you want? Those types of things. You need to sit down, write this stuff out. And I'm talking, I'm talking pencil and paper or pen and paper. Take a take a vacation for a couple of days, write this stuff down, then revisit it every year. And this is this is the vision. And then that allows you to create the business that will allow you to live that lifestyle. So many people have it backwards and try and do it the other way. It just doesn't work. So I learned all Hold that. Hold on, I want to I want to say something on that. Now yeah. forget volume. We'll get the volume in a second. Okay. Because this is a this is a good topic. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because like when I started my business before we got into real estate, it was like the first year revenue wise, we did like 450,000. Mm -hmm. And then the second year we did like 550,000. And mm -hmm. then we got into real estate, we did 750,000. And mm -hmm. my next goal was let's hit a million. So mm -hmm. that year we went and did 1.2 million. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, let's do 1.5. And then we did 1.7. And as we got to a certain level, we started attending these masterminds and meetups and I started hanging out with more successful investors and just the natural goal is, is wherever you are the next year, you want to do more, mm -hmm. but the more successful investors that I'm around, their goals are actually, can I do less, but be out of the business and, and not have to be like you said, a slave for the business. Mm -hmm. Cause that's actually doing more for me. Mm -hmm. as the owner and the entrepreneur and it's really become something that I'm I'm sitting down and I'm reevaluating about how I'm running titanium investments just mm -hmm. because I you know I, I look at people like you you've been doing this for 14 years right now we're on our fourth year mm -hmm. so I look at you as someone where it's like man you're at a position that I can only dream about being in where you know like you said you're on the beach you know mm -hmm. your your business is running that's amazing and, and honestly, you know, we're going to talk about volume now, but it honestly, I, I bet volume doesn't matter that much to you as long as it's supporting your lifestyle, right? That's correct. I mean, obviously I, I have goals that I like to hit and all that stuff, but when you create that vision, you put all that stuff aside, you put money, you put possessions and all that stuff aside, because here's the fact, half the people out there are going to hit those goals and half of them aren't. And, and none, the goals should not stop you from living the type of life that you want to live. Right. Uh, you know, in all those areas that I mentioned. A good book on all that is Life and Air. Don't know if you've read the book or not. I have not. Okay. Highly, highly recommended. The guy who wrote that book has been my mentor since I started real estate investing before he even came up with the concept of Life and Air. And he is still my mentor to today. Uh, his name is Steve Cook. And uh, he's, he's just a great man who spoke a lot of wisdom into my life and uh, has taught me the business from the ground up. So highly That's recommend awesome. looking him up and checking out that book on Amazon. <clears throat> cool. So let's yeah. let's talk about what your business is doing now, volume wise. You know, you have seventeen houses that you're rehabbing right now yeah. on an annual basis. How many projects do you do roughly? Um, let's see. Last year, I want to say we did like thirty eight, and this year we'll do over forty. Gotcha. Yeah. And is that kind of where you want to keep the business, or are there intentions of continuing to try to grow it to higher numbers? 
I'm content there. Um, I mean, I'll, we can back way up a little bit or at least back up a little ways and tell you that, uh, you know, when I was getting started again, I, just the life's quality of life entrepreneur is, is been the term that's been given to me. <laughs> that's, that's my earned name. I didn't right. give myself that name. <laughs> and, um, uh, my buddy JP Moses gave me that name. And, uh, anyway, he, um, what my vision was when I first got started after I, 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 I went to college. I worked in the IT field for four years, hated it. And then I was able to switch over for a three-year period of my life where I worked part-time for somebody else. And then I ramped up the real estate investing business on the side. At the end of those three years, my wife and I had our first child. And what we didn't want was to both have jobs or sources of income that required us to be out of the house and then paying someone else to raise our kids. That just didn't seem like a right concept for us. So what right. we did is uh, she was she was a school teacher still at the time. She, she no longer works now, but that's what she was doing at the time. So uh, she kept her job. We had the benefits and all that good stuff through us. I was full on board with this. I came up with a business plan and said, I'm going to do three rehabs per year. I'm going to make 50 grand per rehab. That's 150 grand for essentially working two hours every week. And I will be the stay at home dad who can help raise our daughter. So we did that for a couple of years. Um, and then, you know, I, as I ramped up the business, um, so, and then my wife ended up quitting her job. But what my point to you is that this business can be customized infinitely to fit anybody's lifestyle, you know, to be able to give them the lifestyle that they desire. And it do, it's not I think I think we get lost in the sexiness of high volume numbers and, you know, all this stuff. I mean, if you're hitting your average profit per deal, uh, you know, right where you need to be every single deal, then, uh, you know, really, it's very easy to extrapolate that out and say, well, how many of those do I need to live a very good lifestyle? Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a very good point because so often we do get caught up. And, and I think that's why so many successful investors now kind of look back and they say, man, my life was pretty decent when before I had all this overhead and we had to achieve these large volume right. numbers. You know, it was pretty good yeah. when we were just doing a handful of deals <laughs> and I was making, you know, five times what I was making at my, you know, previous career. Yeah. You know, and, and I see that from people that have been doing this for 15 or 20 years. And it, it's odd to sit down and, you know, sometimes for us newbies that come in and we're like, we're growing, we're expanding, we're scaling up. And then the, you know, older people are kind of like, I'm scaling back. Mm -hmm. I'm going, I'm going back to where I came from. The, you know, mm -hmm. it's not all that it's made out to be sometimes to, yeah. to grow to this massive organization. So um, let's talk about your coaching program. So you mm -hmm. kind of mentioned that, you know, you've had 37 students and you yep. JV with them. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. And how did that come about and, and kind of walk us through in more detail what that program looks like? Sure. Well, one of the um, it was recommended to me by my mentor. I'll, I'll put that out there uh, first and foremost. But the need that it serviced for me in the early days was cash flow. Uh, I, I implemented the, uh, the coaching business because the way that I structure it, um, and I'll, I'll touch on this, I won't be able to get into all the details because we'd be here all day, but, uh, the way that I structure it is, is I'm paid up front to essentially, uh, secure me as a student's coach. Um, and then I'm paid monthly for the duration of the student's involvement in the project, in the, in the coaching program. And then we do a JV 50, 50 split on the back end of the deal. 
uh, each of their first three deals. They're obligated to split the first three deals. And basically, I, I plug them into my system that I built. So they get to deal with all my realtors. They get to deal with my contractors. They get to deal uh, with my lenders. And we've developed a nice little, uh, I hesitate to use the term pool, but we've we've developed a nice amount of private funds that are only accessible to my uh, current Diamond Level Coaching students. Um, so we've got that nice size of funds constantly feeding deals. And that has allowed me to essentially multiply myself without actively using any of my time uh, funds or anything like that. Um, so that's been a really neat way to kind of scale the business without it being me, if that makes sense. And that's you're utilizing other people's money, other people's time, all the stuff that they tell you to utilize. Uh, but what you are also doing is you're creating uh, you're creating future revenue for yourself as well. So think about it like this. If you have a coaching student comes in the program, you teach them to do the deals, look at the deals just like you look at the deals. Uh, use the contractors that you use. Uh, work in the neighborhoods that you work in and, and are intimately familiar with. Now, when they graduate the coaching program, they're going to want to keep going in most cases. I've had several students actually quit their jobs after working with me, which has been really gratifying for me as a coach. But they're going to come back. They're going to want to borrow money to be able to do more deals. So now you're very slowly retiring yourself from the business and becoming a hard money lender or just playing with paper or just wholesaling deals to them and stuff like that. And it allows you to take a much more passive role. Uh, while sucking off the income streams off of that business. So I love the way it dovetailed into my uh, current operations. Again, it's good cash flow. Uh, you know, I, I won't share exact numbers, but I can tell you that it's hundreds of dollars per month per student. So, you know, when you've got 20 students at a time, uh, it's, it's very good monthly uh, income that will more than cover the overhead. And then anything you make on your own flips or your splits or, you know, anything like that is going to be gravy. So, um, if that sounds interesting to anybody, any of your listeners, please have them get in touch with me. Uh, I'd love to speak with them about how we might be able to set up a similar operation in their market. And, and the interested students that come on, do they have to be in the Southern Maryland uh, market or do you take students in any market? I do uh, on a very limited basis. Um, I, I I will do a, I will do kind of like an hourly kind of like a fee basis. Like if you were to speak with your CPA or with your uh, attorney or something, and they're they're just gonna get, take a retainer and draw off of that. I do that. Um, I I again that's that's kind of swapping hours for dollars there, and there's really no way to scale that. So right. um, I try to kind of keep that at bay. That being said, I can make those calls from the beach, and it's very easy for me. <laughs> So I think the thing that I admire the most about you is like you're so anti shiny object syndrome. I yeah, mean, you're so laser. I do drive a Tesla. On... I'll have to just disclose that. That <laughs> <laughs> was my like my one big splurge. You yeah, know, but I my, mean, you know, my... as far as like you, you don't oh. want to go to other markets. You're you're so laser focused on. I know Southern Maryland, and mm -hmm. I'm just going to own that. Yeah, I, I don't want to go own anything else. Yeah, that's amazing to me because. Well, to be quite frank, I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> right. I, mean, I, right. I mean, I'm I'm all over the place, you know. But <laughs> but again, with that, you know, I've been blessed to have strategic partners, mm -hmm. and so um, I'm I'm definitely not just kind of sticking my finger in the the air. Which way right. is the wind blowing? Oh, it's north. Let's go up to let's right. go up north. I mean, it's, there's been thought processes behind that, but um, mm -hmm. that's amazing how you've you know been able to build the lifestyle that you want. Um, you've kind of supplemented for some passive income with the coaching. I guess it's not completely passive, but, mm -hmm. 
very rarely is any kind of income completely passive. Isn't so, that the truth, man? That's right. a big myth that there's such yeah. thing as passive investments out there. It could be paper, like, <laughs> yeah, like exactly. mutual funds or something. <laughs> I don't know. but right. Yeah, people yeah. talked about rental properties as passive income. That's right. And I'm like, you've clearly never owned a rental before. <laughs> right. Let, let's yep. talk In about theory that only. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but that's, that's awesome that you've been able to kind of create that. Um, so moving forward. Do you see that the coaching program is going to continue to expand and that's going to be where you spend majority of your time or you just kind of kind of keep the business where it's at? I I tell you what, um, I don't think I've announced this publicly anywhere yet, but I'll go ahead and say here on your on your show. I'm actually breaking news, (laughs) breaking news news right here. I I am unintentionally uh, taking on less and less coaching students as I start to spend more my more time uh, of my time kind of focusing on what the second half of my life looks like now i would consider myself to be semi-retired uh the coaching business was great uh, you know and it served a great purpose for all those years in maryland i am not done to, in fact i just signed up a new coaching student a couple months ago but i am becoming more um i'm, I'm becoming more particular about who i bring on board i'm becoming more uh focused on really pouring into the students that are in my coaching program I'm less. I, there was a point in time when I was trying to get as many coaching students in the program as I possibly could, uh, and I think at one point, uh, you know, I had um, 26 or so active students at a time, um, and and that was fun and it was a great era. But I think that my coaching now is going to be more focused on helping people in their markets set up their own coaching program. Um, I think RJ and you know you may have experienced some of this already as you. As you get more deals and more deal flow and more experience under your belt, the caliber of the people that you associate yourself with and that you want to grow with and see grow, I think, increases. And my objective these days is not so much telling a newbie student what they should be paying for a roof or helping them deal with the contractor issue, but it's more about, hey, how can we take your goals, what you want to see happen in your lifetime, how can we take that and make that happen with real estate investing as the tool? Right. So that's what I'm more passionate about these days, right or wrong. That's where my heart is. So um, I see myself transitioning kind of out of that. What I will, what I have done in the past and what I, well, I'll tell you, I've licensed my coaching program in the past and that's worked out okay. Um, but I think I will probably go more in a direction like that with my current operations. I will probably actually start coaching the coaches within my own market and then uh, hopefully within other markets across the country as folks become interested. Um, I, I did I did share my entire coaching operation with a, a good friend of mine. His name's Mike Stansberry out of the Memphis market. And uh, he, he was able to take everything home and he implemented it in like a month. And he had six coaching students immediately. And to this day, he's got a very healthy coaching program based on my model. Uh, so, uh, so I was just, just very happy that he was able to implement that and, and he's seen tremendous success. So if anybody out there is interested in that, please, please get in touch with me and, and we can have that conversation. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, I have to be honest though. I'm, I, I didn't listen to like three minutes of what you just said because I was caught off guard because you look like you're like 28 years old and you said <laughs> you're semi-retired. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, you're, you're, you're embarrassing some of us out here that are working 90 hours a week. So <laughs> 90, that, that, I don't that, think I've ever an, worked 90 hours a week. Um, 
Oh, there you go. <laughs> now, now you're just making me feel bad. No, it's not that bad. I, I love what I do, and yeah. and a lot of it is by choice. But uh, that that's awesome that uh, you've been able to create what you've been able to do, and and now that you're you're reaching out, you're helping some of your other friends and other markets get their coaching program set up. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, let's let's talk about why do you do this? Uh, obviously, lifestyle by design is kind of like a, a core value for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the coaching and the, the real estate investing and all of that, outside of that, what, what is your why? Um, my why really up until this past year has been just to live in a warm climate year-round hate the snow, hate the cold, um, <laughs> and to, uh, you know, just live a, a comfortable lifestyle and, uh, and just be, just be a great father to my children. I have two kids, um, and just be a good husband to my wife and, and just kind of, you know, that's, that's been my why. So, you know, I, I'm probably making it sound a little bit more, um, esoteric than it really is. I mean, I am a businessman. I, you know, I, I enjoy strategic thinking uh, I'm also an opportunist. I enjoy hopping on deals that come across my desk. But the bottom line is that, uh, you know, I'm I'm in this business for the long haul. I like you, love the business, and man, I don't know about you, but man, when it's good, when those days are good, it is awesome. I just say, man, I oh, yeah. love this business. And then there's days when it's bad. And I'm like, man, I hate this business. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so but that's life, right? Right. Well, it, it's funny you say that, though, because even on the worst days, you know, you as, still have a job, right? <laughs> as a real estate investor, I still look back at it and I'm like, how blessed are we? Yeah. You know, I, I own rental properties. You know, we joke about passive income, but we do have a form of passive income. Mm-hmm. You know, families are protected and taken care of. And, uh, you know, we have the opportunity to sit here and, and share our stories with people and, and hopefully inspire them or help them in their journeys. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, outside of that, man, it, it doesn't get much better. You know, tonight I'm going to, to speak in front of a couple hundred uh, investors locally here in Dallas-Fort Worth. <laughs> and uh, a, a bunch of investors are doing that. We only have seven minutes, but I'm mm-hmm. going to share in seven minutes how we made $37,000 profit from a $100 Facebook ad. Oh, that's great. I mean, I mean, that's just, that's so awesome to be able to say that. And yeah. it, sometimes it doesn't even feel real, you know, sure, I mean, man. you know, there's, there's times where it just, it, it honestly, it, uh, it, it blows my mind, even though we've been doing it for several years now. So sure. Uh, Steve, I, I appreciate you sharing everything, uh, with us for the listeners that, uh, want to reach out and contact you and, and maybe discuss things about the coaching program or working with you in Southern Maryland. What's mm-hmm. the best way they can contact you? Well, they can certainly, uh, hit me up on Facebook, Steve Cavanaugh. It's C A V A N A U G H. Uh, and then they could also email me directly at Steve Cavanaugh at gmail.com. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and, uh, just being an inspiration to, to not only our listeners, but also me personally. Um, you, you're, you're one of the nicest guys in real estate investing, and I, I just appreciate everything that you shared with us today. Oh, the feeling's mutual, RJ. You keep up the good work, man. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. Titanium Vault.